In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and as you entered the narthex and the sanctuary, you passed under our Sunday school children's version of the tongues of fire, just in case you couldn't tell. But let's back all the way up and ask, what exactly does Pentecost mean? The word Pentecost means 50, and it's short for 50 days. We can trace the origin of Pentecost back to the Old Testament, where Pentecost is given by God to Israel as a feast, a religious observance. It's connected with the harvest, with the ingathering of the crop. As the crops are gathered into the people, so the people are gathered into God. This Old Testament gathering takes place on the 50th day, but the 50th day after what? Again, if we look to the scriptures, we'll see that it marks the 50th day after Passover. What happened on Passover? The head of each household would take a lamb, slaughter it at twilight, put its blood on the doorposts of the house, and roast the lamb for supper in remembrance of the exodus of God sparing the firstborn of the people from the angel of death. What we see then is that Pentecost is directly related to Passover. It's held 50 days after the Passover lamb has been slain. And that connection is why I've titled this homily Pentecost and Passover. If we fast forward from the Old Testament to the New Testament and to the account of Pentecost that we're familiar with, that we find in the Gospels and in the book of Acts just read, we'll see that the greatest miracle of Pentecost is hidden in plain sight. What is obvious to us is the sound that Luke likens to a mighty rushing wind and the tongues of fire that appear to those who had followed Jesus and rest above their heads and to the fact that they can suddenly speak many different foreign languages comprehended by those gathered around. But what is hidden is what these things confirm precisely 50 days earlier when our Lord Jesus was slain, God counted him to be the true and final Passover lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Thus, the miracles that God performs on Pentecost confirm that Jesus is the true and final Passover lamb marking our exodus from slavery to sin, death, and the devil. So the greatest, the most profound miracle of Pentecost is hiding in plain sight. Again, it's not the sound of the wind, the tongues of fire, or the foreign languages. It's that these miracles of God confirm the greatest miracle of God. Christ is our Passover lamb. He is unblemished, that is, without sin. 
He is male, firstborn, slaughtered at twilight. His flesh is to be eaten. Take, eat, this is my body. His blood is painted not on the doorway of our houses, but on the doorway of our bodies. Take, drink, this is my blood. For the Father does not dwell in houses made with hands, but as we heard our Lord say moments ago, he comes and makes his home within us. And thus we are cleansed inside and out by the flesh and blood of the Lamb, which works the greatest of all Passovers. The angel of death passes over us, which is to say, because of the blood of the Lamb, death cannot harm us. So to summarize, God chooses the 50th day after the crucifixion to pour out his Holy Spirit, confirming that Christ is our Passover lamb. And the pouring out of the Holy Spirit connects deeply with the original meaning and context of Passover, that of the harvest. The Holy Spirit is poured out so that all of God's people will be gathered in. The true harvest of God is not a matter of crops being gathered into a man's storehouse, but human beings being gathered into the storehouse of God. So again, the Holy Spirit is poured out so that God's people would be gathered in. And thus, the Holy Spirit's gift of tongues, of foreign languages, shows that the good news of Jesus, of repentance and the forgiveness of sins, would be proclaimed in every tongue throughout the world, that all who would believe would be gathered into God. In fact, the reason why we are all sitting here is because Pentecost has continued through time from one mouth to another ear all the way down to the very present to we who believe and are sitting here this morning. We have been gathered in by God. This then is why Peter immediately connects the phenomena that they are experiencing with the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. That is to say, the purpose of God pouring out his spirit on all flesh, the purpose of sons and daughters prophesying, of young men seeing visions and old men dreaming dreams is precisely to confirm that Christ is the Passover lamb and to proclaim that Christ is the Passover lamb. That whosoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. That whosoever believes in him would be gathered in at the great and final harvest of this age. Not only are the aforementioned signs and wonders among the people, but there are also signs and wonders throughout all of creation. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun turned to darkness and the moon turned to blood. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How poetic or how literal we take these things is mostly beside the point. The point is that all supernatural signs, whether in the people of God or in the creation of God itself, 
These all serve the purpose of drawing men to God and to his Lamb, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord may be saved. And that word everyone means precisely that. Everyone. Prostitutes and Pharisees and everyone in between. The signs and wonders mentioned in the scripture aren't given as if they were things unto themselves. They're given precisely to point us to the end of our lives, to the end of this world, to the just and righteous wrath of God over sin, and to the Lamb of God who takes away our sins, to Jesus, that calling upon his name we may be saved from that just wrath and righteous judgment, which is indeed to come. Of course, if we were to reject Jesus, then we reject all hope. If we reject him, there is indeed nothing but sin and death and judgment and punishment. But in him, we behold the mercy of God, for his blood blots out not only the sins of our past, not only the sins that we have somehow now in one way or another overcome, his blood blots out also those sins which we have not yet overcome. His blood blots out that sinful nature within us, along with all of its lusts and evil desires that we simply cannot overcome. He is not the Lamb of God who takes away these kinds of sins only or those kinds of sins only. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Every last one of them, full stop. For just as the law of God puts an end to all of our self-righteousness, the blood of Jesus puts an end to all the accusations of the law. The blood of Jesus puts an end to the accusations of our consciences. The blood of Jesus puts an end to the condemnation we feel in our own hearts. And this because the blood of Jesus is not merely the blood of a man. It is the blood of God. And therefore, there is no power greater than this blood no sins, no defilement, no uncleanness, no filth is greater than the power of Jesus' blood and the cleansing and forgiveness that it brings, both in this life and then perfectly, manifestly, and by sight in that life which is to come. How powerful the darkness of this world is. We are inundated with it. We need only open our news apps or speak honestly about what we are experiencing in our own lives, how powerful the power of darkness is, deceiving and misleading, bringing violence, injustice, and wickedness of every kind. How obvious to our eyes, to our senses, to our experience, this power of darkness is. And yet the blood of Jesus is greater still. 
greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Jesus said these words precisely because they must be believed. It is not at all obvious to our eyes, to our senses, or to our experience that they are true. But this, nonetheless, is true. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Greater is the blood of Jesus than all sins. Greater is his love than all hate. Greater is his peace than all that the evil one can do. The Holy Spirit always sets Jesus before us. Pentecost always points us to Passover and to our Passover lamb, because in him and in his blood, we find a power greater than all of the evil outside of us and all of the evil inside of us. In him and in his blood are the kingdom and the power and the glory of the one true God. So, dear brothers and sisters of the light, it is our time to repent and confess and war against the darkness in ourselves and in the world. It is our time to shine here with the light of Christ. For soon enough, we will rest in his light. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb. The Holy Spirit has not been given to draw our attention to signs and wonders. Rather, he gives signs and wonders to draw our attention to Jesus. The Holy Spirit takes the things of Jesus and declares them unto us. And so if you have heard Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of your sins, then you have indeed heard the Holy Spirit. And upon you has come the greatest miracle of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.